Good morning, everyone. So glad that we are able to uh, worship together, either here on site or online. This morning, we will be concluding our sermon series uh, on Genesis. Some years ago, when I was informed that I would be appointed to Akapi Methodist Church, one of the first things I did was to install a GPS in my car. The reason is simply that I was not familiar with Jurong as I hardly traveled there. I would have to rely on the GPS to guide and direct my way around Jurong. In our life journey, we need to have the divine GPS to guide and lead us. Even when we had set plans for our life, when we had charted out our ways ahead, we still need a divine GPS, simply because our lives often do not proceed in the way we had planned. Our lives do not unfold in the way we have expected. We, have pl- we can plan, we can decide, we can exercise our choices, yet our life circumstances often take a turn beyond our control. However, the good news is that God is in control. God is sovereign. He will work out His purposes, His purposes in our lives. We can trust Him to lead us. The life of Joseph is a good example of God's sovereignty at work. At an age of 17, Joseph was given two dreams. The first dreams indicated that he would be elevated above all his brothers. The second dreams indicated that not only his brothers, but even his parents would bow down to him. God had revealed his plan for Joseph through these prophetic dreams. Joseph probably thought that his life would progress well according to the plan. But it was not so. God has charted the life path for Joseph. God has set the divine GPS in place for Joseph. Yet, the actions of Joseph, the actions of his father, and the actions of his brothers caused a detour in his life journey. He ended up with lots of twists and turns, ups and downs. Let's trace the step of Joseph. He was a favorite son of his father, and this favoritism caused sibling rivalry in the family. The sibling rivalry become, became worse when Joseph, in his immaturity, boasted to his brothers about his dreams. The sibling rivalry, rivalry escalated into hatred. One day, when his, father, his brothers were pasturing their flock in Shechem, Joseph was sent by his father to see he was well with his brothers. When the brothers saw Joseph from afar, they conspired against him to kill him. Genesis 37 
verse 19 to 20 states, They said to one another, Here comes the dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will see, then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him. And we will see what will become of his dreams. We will see what will become of his dreams. Joseph's brothers attempted to dash his dreams, to prevent his dreams from coming true. However, God's purpose would not be thwarted. Job 42 verse 2 states, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. God's purpose would not be thwarted. God continued to work out his purpose in the life of Joseph. From a human perspective, the events of Joseph's life seem to drive in further and further away from the fulfillment of his dreams, further and further away from the purpose of God in his life. Because of his brother's hatred, he was sold as a slave in Egypt. Because of the lies of his master's wife, he was put into prison. Because of the forgetfulness of Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, he was forgotten and left in prison for another two years. At each of these turning points of Joseph's life listed above, his life course went awry. It didn't progress according to the divine GPS. However, God persistently recalibrated the divine GPS at each of the turning points. When Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, God ensured that he was sold into Egypt. When he was falsely accused and ended in prison, God planned it such that he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh's chief baker and chief cupbearer correctly. When he was forgotten by the chief cupbearer for two years, God gave the Pharaoh two dreams that reminded the chief cupbearer of Joseph. God not only granted Joseph the right interpretation of the Pharaoh's dreams, but he also gave Joseph the wisdom to advise Pharaoh to sort out the grains during the years of abundance in preparation for the years of famine. Pharaoh recognized the Spirit of God in Joseph and set him over his house, his people, and all the land of Egypt. Joseph was elevated to be the number two man in Egypt. So, after 13 long years of twists and turns, ups and downs in his life journey, the dreams of Joseph were finally fulfilled. The divine GPS was recalibrated each time human choices caused it to go off course. Joseph was brought back on course to fulfill God's purpose in his life. When Joseph looked back at his life journey, he recognized the hand of God upon him and the purpose of God in his life. Genesis 45, 4-8 At the reunion with his brothers, he said, 
I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing or harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Joseph acknowledged that it was God who sent him into Egypt. It was God who elevated him as a number two man in Egypt. This was to preserve the people of God and fulfill God's greater purpose. On another occasion, after his father's death, Joseph again assured his brothers that it was God who worked through their evil action to fulfill his good purpose. This is recorded in Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21. Since this is the scripture text for today, I'll read the whole section for you. Genesis 50, verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil we did to him. So, they sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, bring it, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus, he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So here again, Joseph recognized the sovereignty of God in his life. The brothers meant evil against him, but God meant it for good. To ensure that the people of God should be kept alive, this is in order that God will fulfill his plan and kept his promises to Abraham. The promises, as is recorded in Genesis 15, 13 to 16. <coughs> Excuse me. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years, but I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possession. As for you, 
You shall go to the fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation after the iniquities of the Amorites is not yet complete. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. It was to fulfill the purpose of God as told to Abraham that Joseph was brought to Egypt, the land of their sojourning. And then it follows that his whole extended family came to dwell in Egypt. So this fulfilled God's promise to this Abraham that they will be in the land, they will sojourn in the land, and that they will be ill-treated for 400 years, and after that, they would be brought back to the promised land. Despite human choices and actions, God's sovereignty ensures that his purpose would prevail. God is sovereign. He's sovereign over the events in this world. He's sovereign over the life circumstances, our life circumstances. God is working out his purposes in the world. He is working out his purposes in our lives. His divine GPS is there to guide and lead us. However, we don't always follow the divine GPS. Just like you know, our GPS you know, in a car. Sometimes we deliberately ignore the guidance and choose to go off course. Sometimes we make mistakes in our attempt to follow the divine GPS and unintentionally take a wrong turn. Whether we deliberately chose to ignore the direction of the divine GPS or genuinely made the mistake and went off course, if we direct our attention back to the divine GPS and follow its direction, it will recalibrate and guide us onto the right course again. One of the features that I like about the GPS is the option to go home. No matter where I am, especially where I, were, where I am in the places that I am not familiar with, I just need to press on Go home, and it will guide and lead me home. This is assurance we have in the divine GPS. When we venture off course, when we are lost, when we wander off in life's wilderness, we just need to pray for God to lead us home with Him. The divine GPS will guide us and lead us home. It will guide and lead us back to God. At times, we are forced off course by the actions of others. Even then, God can make all things work for good, provided we keep close to him. The life journey of, Jake, uh, of Joseph is a testimony of this truth. Sometimes, it seems that God has forgotten us. The direction of the divine GPS seems unclear, or even confusing, remind ourselves that God is still with us and he is working out his purposes in our lives. As is recorded in Genesis 39, Joseph's life circumstances 
went from bad to worse, from being a favorite son to a slave and to a prisoner. Yet God was with Joseph and was working out his purpose in Joseph's life. It was stated not once, but four times in this chapter that the Lord was with him or the Lord was with Joseph. You can find this in uh, verse 2, verse 3, verse 21, and verse 23. In these difficult years, Joseph remained faithful to God and refused to yield to temptation. He focused on doing the task entrusted to him. He didn't allow himself to become bitter despite being falsely accused, despite the sufferings. God was with him. Even though, you know, Joseph might not have recognized that God was with him, but he was just doing what God would want him to do, and he was obedient and followed God's ways. And he gained favor with his superiors. Joseph was faithful to God in hard times. And he was faithful to God in good times as well. He continued to stay close to God when he became the number two man in Egypt. He remembered the promise of God to Abraham in Genesis 15, 13 to 16, which I made reference to earlier on. He remembered that they would be you know, brought to the land and be ill-treated, and then after 400 years, they would be brought back to the promised land. And Joseph was confident that this promise would be fulfilled. And he was confident that God would bring his people back to the promised land in his time to preserve the identity as a people of God. Joseph ensured that his family lived in caution. He coached his father as to how to respond to the Pharaoh and told Pharaoh that they were shepherds. And as a result of it, they were you know, given the land in caution apart from other Egyptians. So they would not be assimilated into Egyptian culture. And they will remain, they will retain their identity as a people of God when the time comes for them to be led back to the promised land. And before he died, Joseph said to his brothers in Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 to 25, Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to a land that he sown to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of God, Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. It is interesting. I find it very interesting. And you know, to note that there are four references to the bones of Joseph in the Bible. The first reference is in Genesis 50, 25, that we just read. The second reference is in Exodus 13, 19. When Moses led the people out of Egypt, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, 
and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. The third reference is in Joshua chapter 24, verse 32. When the Israelites finally settled in the promised land, they buried the bones of Joseph in Shechem. The fourth reference is in the New Testament, in Hebrew 11.22, in the so-called Hall of Fame, the Hall of the Faithful of God. Here he says, By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bone. Joseph trusted God to fulfill his promise. And he was so confident the people would be brought back to the promised land that he made the Israelites promise that when the time comes, they should carry his bones along as well. So we see that even after his death, Joseph ensured that his bones follow the direction of the divine GPS. How wonderful. Joseph was faithful in keeping close to God and in following God's ways. The divine GPS ensured that Joseph kept to the purpose of God in his life. In the process, God's larger purpose for his people was fulfilled. God has a purpose in each of our lives. God's divine GPS will be at hand to guide and lead us. We have a very limited perspective. We don't know what the future holds. However, God holds our future. He's sovereign and is in control of everything. We can trust him to guide and lead us in whatever ways he deems best. I have chosen all the way my Savior leads me as the hymn of response. This hymn is written by Fanny Crosby. When Fanny Crosby was only six weeks old, the doctor put the wrong eye drops in her eyes. This caused her to be blind for the rest of her life. Her blindness didn't cause her to be bitter. She went on to be a prolific hymn writer. She lived a very purposeful life and brought comfort and joy to many others through her hymns. During a conversation she had with a pastor, she said, Do you know that if at birth I had been able to make, my one, to make one petition, it would, be, it would have been that I should be born blind? The pastor asked in surprise, Why? You know, no one would want to wish that, you know, you will be blinded, you know, at birth. You know, for those of us, when we look back at our life journey, of course, when we see how God's hand was leading us through the difficult times in our life, but we would not choose you know, to go through that again. I don't know about you. For me, when I look back at my life, the struggles and all, I said, God, thank you that through it all, I come closer to you and I know of your purpose, but I would not you know, choose on my own to, to have those uh, life circumstances if I have choice. But Fanny Crosby said, 
if you would have been able to make one choice, it would have been that I should be born blind. The reason is, he said, because when I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. Of course, God was not the one who blinded Fanny Crosby. She was blinded due to the negligence, due to the mistake of the doctor. Yet God enabled her to live such a fulfilled life that she could give thanks for her blindness. How wonderful. I don't know about your situation right now. It might be very difficult. It might not be able to, to, to uh, see God's hand. But then know that God is sovereign. And even when we're going through difficult times, even when we are through our sufferings, or even when we are falsely accused of suffer unjustly, uh, injustice, God is able to redeem the evil for good. And God's GPS will be at work to recalibrate in all life's circumstances and, and lead us on to fulfill His purpose in our lives. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Thank you for the insights we gain through the life of Joseph. Thank you that you have a purpose in each of our lives. Thank you that you are sovereign and are in control of all things. Thank you that you can redeem evil for good. Enable us to praise you both in good times and in bad times. Help us to walk closely with you and to trust you for every situation that comes into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.